Welcome to the Lionsman Podcast, episode 44. Today I am joined by Joselle Mateo, and we are talking all about what it takes to become a tuned-in, uh, absolutely specific and transferable high performer. Like, how do we train from a sports science standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, period, to become high performers? Specific and transferable are our words of the day. But then we veer off and we talk about what mental skills are also specific and transferable to sport and then also transferable to life. Like it's not just about sports. Sport will end someday. How do we teach and how do we learn both in the gym, out of the gym, on the pitch, on the ice, whatever your sport is, how do we learn for sport and for life? This was an awesome episode with lots of actionable steps. So get ready to go deep, write in your notes app, grab a pen and paper, your commonplace book, and let's dive in. Let's get it popping. Welcome back to the Lions Man Podcast. I am stoked to talk today about specificity, specificity and transfer. Nobody can say that word unless you speak fluent English, specificity. And transfer of sports science stuff, athletic training stuff, strength and conditioning stuff to whatever sport you play, which is a common question that we as coaches get, both from head coaches, does this burpee transfer to performance? <laughs> and why will lifting weights help performance? I've never seen a weight on the pitch is my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and athletes who think that doing a million burpees as a warm up will stimulate their performance because they have to be sore afterwards. So we're going to talk today about defining those terms, diving a little bit deeper into what's actually going to help you perform. So my guest today is going to introduce himself. But he's also noted in the football world internationally as an international strength and conditioning coach with Krank Sport. <laughs> <laughs> New brand. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Please introduce yourself and tell us everything about you sure. and Krank. Hi, guys. Uh, first, Julia, thank you for having me on. I'm Josel Mateo. I'm the owner of Crank Sports Performance uh, based in New Jersey. Uh, it's a training facility for uh, athletes ranging from middle school to college, uh, even have some pro guys in and out. And I'm also a strength and conditioning coach for the New Jersey Teamsters that competes in the NISA. Uh, yeah, on top of that, I, I have my own podcast, the Less Talk More Work podcast. Uh, and I'm actually, this is the first time I'm ever announcing it, but uh, I'm not really big on online just because I've been focusing on a new facility that I just opened, but I'm trying to get out there, you know, spread the message a little bit more. That's why I, I'm very happy to be on, but I'm going to go uh, and make an online platform known as the soccer strength coach so keep an eye for that uh and that's all i really got he's stealing the name that we've all thought of at least once hmm, i wonder yeah. if there's a patent on that one <laughs> he got it trademark no one had it no one had it so i'm sure they also don't have the strong psychologist which i really thought about getting but they do have the soccer psychologist so uh... one thing about Giselle is he has some of the best eyebrows i've ever seen in my life and i am so jealous I get <laughs> your that eyebrows are amazing <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> I pride myself on still having mine partially done after one year in the pandemic without having a studio. It's very dangerous up in these parts. Um, yeah. So I am astounded by yours. <laughs> I'm lucky they're very low maintenance. I don't do anything. <laughs> Congratulations on not having quarter sized pores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So aside from being specific to our eyebrow pore size and hair follicles, can you please define specificity for us when it comes to, yeah defining sport demands and what athletes actually need to train outside of the pitch. Uh, okay. So to be as basic as possible and 
Julia sent me an outline, so I had some time to think about this and give it an accurate answer. Ever since uh, exams, I believe in cheating as much as possible. So cheating. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. I'm, pl I'm planning. I'm prepared. Uh, sure. So I would define specificity as working on energy systems and musculature related to your sport. So uh, that's specific as it gets for me. Um, but Julia, I have a question for you before we get into it. What is the most sport-specific exercise? for sprinting. you what is it sprinting sprinting yeah okay what would you say your sport your sport yeah that's fair yeah i mean technical and tactical i think um we overthink it so <laughs> we overthink it so much and we're like hmm bulgarian split squat with this torque and this vector and whatever it's yeah. like bro it's not that complicated yeah. it's the closest Barbell, thing kettlebell does it matter no yeah no how can we define the demands of a sport for an athlete? Uh, I guess it really goes back to the definition I just said. What does your sport consist of? So uh, let's use soccer because that's what we know. Um, obviously, you need your legs. You need your core. Uh, you need cardiovascular endurance. You need uh, to, be, to be able to output you know, power repetitively. That, that's as simple as I could explain it. Um, to get into the nitty-gritty nitty of it, like, Feet, ankles, adductors, hamstrings, quads, glutes. Yeah. Does it get any more crazy than that? Yeah, that, that's all it really is. And uh, I think younger coaches, even myself, when I first like started diving into it, there's so much information and you're like, what, what, what do we do? So I think now that I've been doing this, I think my fifth year now, like I really see it clear and I really try to do my, my thing now is like doing less with or doing more with less. So yeah. like, trying to make it as simple as possible and like, like, uh, use it till it's done, I guess. Yeah. Are you a believer in keep it as simple as possible and as basic as possible until that doesn't work anymore and then add something? Or are you more of a variation type of guy? Uh, I'd say both. Okay. I like to vary the basics if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just for more like novel stimulus. I, I don't really think we don't do anything crazy, nor do I program anything crazy. It's just, uh, the, ch the very, very small changes that you can make even when you're like communicating the message to your athlete like okay last month we focused on controlling it uh during the lowering portion so the eccentric this time we're, we're focusing on you're still going to control that but i want you to explode out more mm -hmm. like i i'm really big on just tweaking those little things and, and having them uh understand like the the sensation i guess or like putting two and two together like okay we controlled this and now since i learned how to control it i can be more explosive with it yeah yeah, that's cool. I like the word sensation that you used because a lot of times we'll say like proprioception, where your body is in space. Yeah. What specific sensations are we looking for? What do we want athletes to experience? Mm -hmm. Is that where transfer comes in? Um, I would say the transfer comes in the understanding and, and the mentality that you have with training. So my big thing with training is giving the athletes the power to understand what they're doing to know why they're doing it and see how it transfers. So I'll ask them, like, how did you play this weekend? Did you notice uh, since we added, you know, whatever program in, or we've been training for a month, like, what are you feeling on the field? What do we need more to work on? Okay. Uh, obviously it's hard if you have a big team or you see a lot of guys, but uh, I think in my situation as a private strength and conditioning coach at my facility, I can have these conversations where I could say, uh, these look really good this week. How are you feeling on the field? Things like that. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking 
there has to be I'm looking at our notes and now I have like 18 more questions. I sent him, you guys have to know, I, have, I sent him Good. all four bullet points and I have like 14 going my head right now. That's, so that's what we want. That's what we want. Um, why are we so obsessed with this? Like, what is, why are we on Strength Coach Twitter? God forbid any of you have ever stuck one half of an eyeball in Strength Coach Twitter because it's dangerous over there sometimes. <laughs> you get caught in crossfires you didn't even intend to be with because you yeah. liked somebody's tweet five years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but we tend to discuss uh, whether things are just shiny new objects or if they actually transfer or if you're trying to um, look special and the basics always work and keep it simple. And we legit argue about this all the time. Like mm -hmm. this, uh, this exercise is transferable. This is not transferable. Yeah. What the hell, like, what the hell, how do we actually transfer what we do in the gym to the pitch? Cause they have a point. They don't use barbells on the pitch. Okay. So let me, let me start really, really vague and then get specific. Um, so as I told you, Julia, right? Like I studied philosophy mm -hmm. uh, in college and I think that really taught me how to think and see through uh, opinions or, or be open-minded to accepting new ideas. And one like common logical fallacy, we'll call it, is like appealing to tradition, right? So like yeah. if soccer coaches, I don't know, Maradona has done this training exercise and he's, you know, a rest in peace, but like he, he was one of the greatest of all time. And, and you're going to go back and say, he didn't, he didn't lift weights. Like, are, are you going to, how are you going to tell me I have to, or you look at, I don't know. Neymar, Messi, Cristiano, like they all train differently, but they're all at the top of the game. Like, uh, I think just using that as, you know, logic is, isn't valid because the game is evolving and uh, you're not them. So I, I think we have to be realistic about uh, what specificity really is. And, and I think it goes deeper to think like, okay, what do I need to improve on? What, what am I bad at? So my thing with uh, transfer specificity is you have to maximize your strength. So obviously keep continuing what you're good at and then just bring up your weaknesses. So they're not glaring to your game and, and it, you don't get hurt that I think that to me is really injury prevention, uh, maximizing what you're good at and not being weak in your weakest points. Fair. Okay. So how, <laughs> how do we go from specific, like working on these tiny minuscule, very specific things, when we don't have a lot of time, because you said you do a lot of more with less. How does that work with, you know, I can't work on everything all of the time. Yes, I want to raise that baseline of fitness, but I can't work on everything. You said be really specific mm -hmm. and that will help my sport. So obviously I'm playing dumb here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how do I do that when I don't have time and equipment? I would say you have to make the time to test, like find out what you're tracking. If you have data and you collect data, you can figure out where the trends are. You could figure out where the highs are and the lows are. That's, that's like the most simple way I could put it. Uh, so that, that's, yeah, that, that's what I do. That's what I've learned to do and, and it works. So. Yeah. Okay. So can you ex describe your process when you get a new athlete who's never necessarily strength trained before? Like they come in, you onboard them. What does that look like? How do we test, you know, you said specificity because we have demands of the sport and we got to check and see where the athlete is in, in relation to those demands. Mm -hmm. so how do we figure that out? Uh, the first thing I figure out is who they are. So I ask their past experience. I ask um, what their goals are. I ask what, where they want to be. I ask what they've done before. I ask if uh, they even like training. I ask uh, how is their family situation. I ask what they do in school. I ask what they do outside of school. I ask uh, 
who their friends are. I ask what team they're on. If I can see that, I can see a better idea of like how they'll react to how I speak to them. If they don't click with how I speak, we're not going to make any, we're, I, I think you can maximize progress if you understand the athlete hundred percent or as best as you can, because you have the biggest picture available and you could just start plugging in things or take things out better. Yeah. If you just see this, like, how do you, how do you work with just this when the picture's like that? So a holistic you only approach. Know an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're more than that. So beyond that, uh, we go through movement screening. So just seeing any imbalances, a common one, just for an example, it's like, uh, right-footed player always plants on their left leg. So balance or stability might be stronger on their left. Or uh, if they've never trained before, some things are just technique. Like, can you squat? Can you hinge? Uh, do I load you if you can't even do those patterns? Probably not. Uh, mobility kind of thing. So uh, I'm sure everybody knows FMS. So you look at overhead squat. How's their shoulder uh, external rotation? What is their, how's their hip mobility? How are their ankles look? I think uh, just keep it simple like that. Then we do, uh, upper body strength, lower body strength, uh, counter movement, jump, broad jump, just simple things. I wish I had more space for, uh, like sprint testing, but with my team, team series, we, we do that. So we get uh, out on the pitch and do it. Yeah. Cause we, we have access to that at my facility. It's not that big yet, but, uh, yeah. So we do what we can and we look at power, strength, mobility, things like that. And then how often do you test and retest? Uh, depends on the timeline. So again, you get that information in the beginning, right? You see like, uh, hi coach, I'm here to work for three months before, uh, my season or, uh, yeah, I'm in season right now, but I want to get stronger before my real season. Or, uh, I don't know, I have a tournament coming up, like little things like that. I think it's important to, uh, get a timeline so you can understand what is the most, what can, what, how can I provide the best service to my athlete? How can I give them what they need in this, whatever amount of time it is? Mm -hmm. So that really uh, distinguishes when we test and retest. So correct me if I'm wrong, what I'm hearing you saying is basically, uh, I have a similar sentiment. Basically we get paid for the outcome and not for the process of basically helping this athlete achieve their goal like the meth the methods maybe not are all the time the most sport specific thing in the world because you said at the beginning playing your sport is the most sport specific thing you can do 100 so are we basically as strength coaches the outcome is specific or the process is specific like would you say that the, the process like the exercises we do are also specific or is the outcome that we're trying to get adaptions for is that the specific I think it depends where your value is. Uh, okay. If you have a club structure and if you have a, a head coach or a, a board or whatever you want, an owner or um, even your boss, like whatever you want to call it, if they see that you're developing people with the training that you're doing and if you're developing a mentality, if you're developing good habits, if you're developing, I don't know, a healthy lifestyle, like kids aren't going to train forever. If you don't go pro, you need to know how to work out. Like yeah. that's another thing. Um, and I value that. So I focus a lot on the process. Like that's, that's more important to me than the outcome. But obviously if on your contract, it says you got to win games, like I'm doing what it takes to win games. So it, yeah. it really, it really uh, comes down to that, I think. And as strength coaches, we have to get to play like this and you have to listen a lot and you have to look a lot and you have to that's why i think again like the bigger picture that you can get on anything the more 
things you can apply, the more options you have, um, the more we could reflect and think about like, are we even doing the right thing? Does this work to like, yeah. why are we doing this? So, so I think all of can zoom I, out, the, the better we can zoom in. Yeah. Yeah. That's bars right there. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said that before, but yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. I don't know if I answered your question. Wait, wait. No, it does. So, okay. so the more information that we can gather, basically you start gathering information about an entire human when they come into you, even if it's on your team. Mm -hmm. And then you value both the process and the outcome, but the process more because it gives them something also to take with their life specifically, not just. For me, yeah. For me. Yes. Yeah. I'm well, I'm the same. I feel like if you come train with me and have no idea how to move your body once we're done, I've failed. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want, I pride my, uh, my athletes and, you know, showing their friends like how to do stuff, or if they go back to school, like they show uh, their coach or they show the other athletes that don't have time to train outside, like how to do things correctly. Like, I think that's so valuable and mm -hmm. I don't care if they tell me or not, if I just know that, you know, that's happening, uh, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel fulfilled. Uh, that's why we do it. And I want, I've gotten hurt that way before. So I'd rather kids not. So yeah. uh, again, we, we tried to help those that we see in our shoes, I guess. We are who we needed when we were young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. So did you have a strength coach when you were in high school and college? College? Yeah. High school, no. And was he or she competent? Let's say yes, but the logistics of a college weight room aren't always the great, especially at a smaller school. That is true. That is very true. And it's not always optimal at clubs either. So yeah. strength coaches are usually working with suboptimal conditions and mm -hmm. minus amounts of time yeah. <laughs> to do something more, very More with less. Yeah. 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 As you said, more with less. So what are mental skills also like is mental training, which is obviously just as important as physical training and has to be trained just as much. Is that also sport specific like can we get specific with that or how would you yeah. view that i i think yes mm -hmm. um as far as whatever you want to define mental training as i think for me it's how you view things your your ability to make decisions your ability to uh listen your ability to show empathy your ability to uh see how people are reacting to you and why I think it's, it's just like reflecting and thinking to me is, is, is a big part of mental strength because that's the only way you can get better. That's the only way you can understand uh, why you're doing certain things or, or why uh, you're having certain outcomes. If you don't take the time to really sit down and say, okay, I played like this today. What was my mentality going to the game? What did my coach say to me? How did I react? What did the players say to me? How did I react? What are the fans? If there are any, what did they say to me? How did I react? If you, uh, if you take those things into consideration, then you can have a better answer and your big picture of which is your game. Uh, so I think as far as training goes, it's like, how do you approach training? Are you, are you still there early? Are you, did you sleep? Did you uh, make sure you had a good meal? Did you, uh, are you helping your teammates when you get there? Are you listening to your coach's feedback? It's, it's all those little things. I think um, if you stack up those habits, it makes you just, you know, a machine at whatever you do, I think, uh, that's success to me, trying to execute on everything that you do at a high level. So you show other people how to do it um, and you get a lot of things done. I think it's really productive to act like that. And the younger you can learn it, the better because it sure sucks to have to learn that late. <laughs> yeah, and, and it applies to anything. It's not just, uh, 
uh, sport. Like I apply all these things that I've learned in training in the gym or on the pitch to my life. Like I I try to be early when I talk to people, I want to be courteous. I want to listen to what they're saying. I want to, uh, after this podcast, I'm going to sit and think like, how did I do? Like, (laughs) was I a good guess? You know, I'm going to think about things like that. And that's just how I want to be. I have a growth, growth mindset. So uh, I want to get better. So. Yeah. I think that's the mentality of the high performer though. And that's, you know, whether they make it to the pros or not, that's a lot of who we train, even in recreational leagues, even in academy settings, even in, you know, the single athletes that come in and train in in our facilities uh, that we get to have contact with people who reach out for help wanting to be high performers and actually having to develop that mindset is very specific. It is Mm -hmm. extremely specific. Exactly. What's the most transferable book that you've read recently? To my life or to coaching? To, it's up to you to anything um well you just told us all about transferring to sport and to life the things that you wish your athletes would take into their lives that's pretty specific i'm looking at my my books right now um i would say crowd favorite is relentless i make all my coaches read that and and any uh guys who are struggling with mentality uh, i like leaders eat last i just read that one um, that was always good mm-hmm. extreme ownership i like that those three a lot mm-hmm. i think Love Jocko. The, those three kind of uh coincide with my mentality and, and what i try to give to kids um that you have to execute on what you do you have to take ownership for what you do and at the same time you have to be empathetic at what you do so you have to understand that not everyone vibes the same way you do and it's it's again it's the same way as a coach so uh, for my master's, I don't know if I mentioned already, but I'm taking my master's online at the University of Sterling for sports performance coaching. And the last module, I think, was on my coaching process and like how I described it. Like you had to make a diagram, uh, you can make a picture or a graph or whatever. And I chose the the diagram of a blacksmith as a coach. So uh, just like the blacksmith, you have to uh, you, you have to deal with like a lot of different uh, circumstances, I guess, to create different kinds of outcomes. So whether you want to make a tool, I don't know, a horseshoe, a sword, I don't know, whatever you're making, you have to uh, mold that item into it the same way. We get a bunch of different athletes that are maybe like raw material. You got to go through the fire. So I see that as, you know, the context, uh, the environment, the the whole experience of the coaching process is like the fire where you're like molding this piece of metal. And then at the end of the day, it takes the metal working with you. You have to know how to work with the metal. You have to know how to heat it up. You have to know how to hit it. You have to see how many times you fail with it to uh, make the end product, which is end product, the athlete. So yeah, uh, I really like that analogy. And I think it, it applies for me. Uh, what do you think? I think that's a great analogy. I was just thinking the whole time, like it's a trade. You actually have to get in the dust and the dirt and actually get mm-hmm. messy and, you know, get tired and have two really gigantic biceps hurting all the time. And, yeah. you know, that wide back that we all want, you know, yeah. but also, yeah. Uh, the beginning blacksmith can't mold cool stuff. And Mm-mm. once you become a master blacksmith, then you could mold really specific, really cool, really beautiful mm-hmm. things. Not that you couldn't before, but you have a wider yeah. range and you're more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really cool concept. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went off there, but <laughs> you should write a book about that. <laughs> the coach is the blacksmith. Uh, I've been thinking about stuff I want to write about. I don't, I don't know if I like speaking or writing more. I don't know why I studied biology. I was so much better with words. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking about stuff like that. I, I don't know 
if coaches can really apply that though I'd, i think i'd rather speak to athletes i don't know if i'm ready to talk to coaches i think i have a little bit of imposter syndrome not no. i don't feel i don't feel old enough yet or smart enough how old are you i just turned 26 yesterday okay yeah i'm also 26 okay cool <laughs> <laughs> it's tough out here sometimes yeah yeah but how do, you, and how do you deal with imposter syndrome because i've met so many coaches in our age bracket that feel this way too because the 30s and up love to scream and argue about which way their way is better and whose way is better and then a lot of athletes who also are interested in coaching uh but feel like as athletes they might be behind because they didn't learn the science behind what they were doing uh, so they would have to learn the science behind training in order to become coach. Mm -hmm. What would you say to imposter syndrome people? Uh, what's the best way to deal with doubt? Action. So get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, as soon as I feel like I don't know anything on a topic or I, I don't think I, I know enough, I, I just go just go for it. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's the only way. But again, it goes back to that reflecting, right? What are you weak at? How yeah. do I bring up my weaknesses so they're not glaring? How do I maximize my strengths? Like same thing on the field. Yeah. Test and retest. Yeah. So what else do you retest and retest in your life? Oh, wow. Mm. That's a really good question. That, you remember when you asked me what the best question was? This is, this is the one. This is the best question I ever got. So I sent two PRs for you in the last 30 minutes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Should I start? Wait, ask it again should i ask myself that an answer no no ask, ask me i think i got it i think i got it what do i retest in my life right yeah no okay you go you go <laughs> i'm looking at my notes and i'm thinking like what can i get but go ahead. I, one of my mottos is so i have two i have serve and teach and then leave it better than you found it so in every setting that i go into whether it's i like to serve a church a lot and work a lot with kids uh, and youth academy stuff and pro bono and my athletes and instagram but especially in like my relationships and in the communities that i'm in and contribute to and even like the influence that i want to have on my friends lives and even colleagues lives I try and test and retest it. Is this better than when I stepped in? Am I having a positive impact or am I making it worse? Am I causing drama here? Or am I, you know, is my attachment system all flared up here that I'm, you know, causing negative emotions? Am I, am I actually going to leave this better than I found it? Am I contributing something or am I just criticizing? And I strongly believe that, you know, like when I complain about something, I also want to offer a solution. And so I try and test and retest if I have been able to sufficiently find a solution and implement it, or if I'm just running my mouth and contributing to the bad mood. Yeah. Okay. You definitely inspired me. So I'm going to steal that answer <laughs> for, for the, for the first part. I definitely think, I think I do that, but don't, I'm not that conscious of it. Maybe it's just like a, a question that pops in my head. Like, am I doing, am I doing good here? So things yeah. like that, I think definitely relationships definitely with where I serve, but I, I kind of see myself in kind of different lenses, if that makes sense. And I'm sure um, as young coaches or entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call us, we have different lanes that we're always in and out of. Yeah. So I'd say as a business owner, definitely can I provide the best service mm -hmm. to all my people and all my coaches. So again, that's mentoring the athletes and the coaches that's uh, serving the people as best as I can. That's always moving it forward. Uh, the dollar signs don't really mean that much. It's, it's again, like about the process to me. Yeah. Um, obviously a business you want to make dollar signs, but I think 
uh, it's an easy thing to track. I think a harder thing to track is, am I developing my coach as best as I can? Am I developing this athlete to reach their goals as best as I can? Yeah. Um, that's, that's one thing for sure. And then for myself, definitely my own training, I, I like to keep track of that stuff. I, I need yeah. to make sure that I'm physically sharp, mentally sharp uh, for myself and then uh, creative wise. So getting on podcasts, uh, making content, or even just writing my ideas down or sitting down and thinking and reading. Uh, I think that's another thing that I want to be better at. Uh, so I, I kind of divide myself into those three kind of lenses, like creativity, uh, I guess a mentor serving business owner, and then uh, my own development. So still an athlete or whatever you want to call it, still a high performer. Yeah. So three categories of high performance. I kind of like that concept of like, well, that allows you to get specific as well by narrowing it down, basically zooming out to zoom all the way in. It just makes me think about it better because yeah. it helps me divide uh, what I want to work on. Yeah. You do that with your athletes as well? Do you ask them to do that? I should. Uh, I don't actually. That's a really good point. So at the beginning of the training week, I always ask my athletes to set their goal for the week. And then one thing that they're going to do, like what is their action point? What thing are they going to do this week in order to get better? And not something like totally unrealistic. It's like, what thing am I going to improve this week? shooting with the left foot. So what are you going to do this week in order to do that? I'm going to take hundred shots with my left foot after practice all three days. Okay, cool. And then they can get specific themselves on, cause my problem, not problem, not my problem. Our issue is humans are humans and have motivation issues. And so it's hard to be really, like you said, really specific on things all of the time and always going 100% on them. And so that tends to help them either you can you can change your goal week to week or you can keep the same goal but it always has to be a different action step like what are you going to do specifically this week and take ownership and accountability of and I'll ask you about it next week and ask you to tell everybody and if you didn't then you're gonna sit there <laughs> good I, I really like that I think that's definitely something I'm gonna add in but uh, going off of what you said I think this is a common thing that you know anybody uh, what, that wants to be a high performer or who is or who is self-proclaimed high performer I don't know people that want to succeed that uh, you always want to add and add and add and add more so say like my goal is to I don't know uh, deadlift 600 pounds like you want to keep working at it keep working at it keep working at it and say you have the same goal week after week after week after week and I give you the action item like Julia I'm doing my sets and reps I'm taking my videos I'm looking at my technique I'm looking up more videos and it's not hitting so like you have to think of like what are you have to dial back like am I doing too much like yeah. I think it's it's really easy to keep adding and adding and adding on um to what we do and in, in our habits but have you ever thought about like removing the excess like I, I think that's a big thing so like I think for me like before I wouldn't say this but if I have a goal to you know have clarity with my week I would make the action item like take a day to relax dude like, I, I think that's a big thing that I'm learning the hard way and I think uh, I don't think enough coaches talk about it enough. I don't think uh, athletes don't talk about it enough. Like, yeah, it was grind like 25 days or 25 hours a day. Like, yeah, dude, you need to take time off. And I think it's important that we uh, communicate that message better. So what's specific about rest? Specific about rest. Uh, well, I think it goes back to the timeline and the context. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have a match, obviously you don't want to be doing your heaviest load the day before you'd be uh, surprised I, 
<laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so that and uh, I think rest is just sleep and eat and, and just manage your load. Like that, that's what rest is to me. The key is a performance enhancement, better than drugs. Yeah, you don't want to hear it, but it's free. Yeah. <laughs> well, food, is, food isn't, but sleep, <laughs> sleep is free. I really do need to move back in with my parents. <laughs> it's really cruel that as we start eating more, we have to move out. Like, what? This grocery bill is about to get good. I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to close out, can you give athletes something specific to do and coaches something specific to do? Like, how could how can they develop themselves into high performers? Athletes. Okay. How can I develop... How can athletes develop themselves into high performers? Yeah, because maybe they're high potentials right now, but they're just missing that one giant step that makes All them right. into high performing. Uh, stop the episode. Take out your notes on your phone. Write your weaknesses. Write your strengths. And then write what you can do to increase them. Write three for each. Boom. Uh, coaches to become high performers. Do the same thing, but divide yourself into categories of whatever. And you're more than a coach. So I don't know, father, brother, sister, uh, wife, uh, teacher, mm -hmm. uh, business owner, uh, creative, leader. Mm -hmm. Take your categories, do the same thing. Strengths and weaknesses, what can you act on? Uh, again, the, the action removes the doubt. So if you ever feel like you're not doing enough or you, you're at that rank where you could make the next step, figure out what it is. There, there's always a way to, to do something. Something's better than nothing. So keep trying. Action removes the doubt. I stole that from my business mentor. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim that one. I like it though. The action removes the doubt. I like practice doesn't make perfect, but it makes progress. And I always think of that too. Like I have that imposter syndrome too in the back of my head, like, Hmm. But if you do this, it's going to suck because you're not good at it. And yes, it will, but I don't have to be perfect. That's not the expectation. It's to make progress. There was um, a video like floating around Instagram. I, I reposted. I don't know if you saw it or if you saw somebody else post it. It was, I think, an Olympic runner. Mm -hmm. And she, she goes by this. I think she's retired, but she goes by a, a training rule. And I think she applies it to life. And I think her coach gave it to her. It was, uh, you have to live by the, the rule of thirds. So if you're ever pursuing a dream, there's going to be one third of it. That's amazing. So you're going to feel great through one third of it. Uh, the other third will be, it'll be okay. So you, you feel eh about it when you're training or going about your day to day. And then the third part is it's going to suck. So you, if you're on this path to wherever you want to be the best person, I don't know, best athlete, best coach, you have to understand that some days will suck. Some days will be amazing. And then some days will just be okay. So uh, if anything is out of balance out of the thirds, then, something has to change so i guess it's just a part of the process that is true the process of constant development into a high performer to the best we we can be mm -hmm. Dozel, that was awesome and so many actionable knowledge bombs for the athletes and the coaches uh guys i recommend that you read those books that he recommended they were relentless um extreme ownership and leaders eat last mm -hmm. if i remember correctly yes. athletes and coaches Figure out where you're good and where you're not. Test and retest in order to get better in your development from high potential to high performer. Imposter syndrome means you care the most. So take action because that removes the doubt. And Joselle, anything you'd like to add? And where can the people find you online for more um, um, mic drops? 
Yeah, I think uh, that's all I really have, Julia. Thank you again. And you can find me on Instagram at Joselle Mateo underscore. And it should be the same on Twitter as well. I'm not really on there too much because of the strength coach world, but I'm in there. I'm in there. <laughs> You're in the mix here and there. <laughs> Mostly Instagram reposts is my thing. Like when I yeah. do that Instagram post, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have to log in there today. <laughs> yeah. The dual purpose content. Yeah. Hard knocks world out there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Giselle. And we will have a part two and have you back to talk more about specificity and zooming out. Sounds good. Thank you.